If you're in a marriage or a long-term committed relationship that once had sex and no longer has sex, I got to tell you, there's something really wrong in your relationship. And that's what I want to talk to you about today is sexless marriages. Now, I get it. It happens. We get busy. We have kids. We get careers. At the very beginning of a relationship, it's hot and heavy and you're having sex all the time, but then it starts to drop off a little bit. And that's normal. But what's not normal is not having any sex or having sex so infrequently that it feels like you're just living with a roommate. This is a problem that most men face when they come to see me. They're in a relationship, they've been married for a number of years, and the sex just isn't there anymore. She's not interested. Every time he goes to approach her, she rejects him, shuts him down, and he doesn't know what to do. And today I want to talk about some things that you can do that can be helpful to help you reignite the flame in your relationship so that you can have a dynamic, powerful, intimate, connected relationship that your friends are jealous of, your kids want to emulate, and that your marriage and your relationship and your partnership is a profoundly deepening experience. If that's what you want, then I invite you to watch the rest of this video. But before I do that, I want to remind you to please like, subscribe, hit the thumbs up button, really helps me and the algorithm and YouTube just loves those things. So just do it right now while you're thinking about it. Boom. There you go. Awesome. Thanks. All right. Now, the first thing I want to say about sex and marriage and relationship is that if you are married, your relationship is a sexual relationship. It's based on sex. Now, a lot of guys will come to me and they'll say, well, that their wives don't think so, that their wives will say something like, well, it's a lot more than just sex. And I agree with that. And yet I also will argue that the foundation of your relationship is sexually based. And if you don't believe me, and if you want to convince her, just go out and have an affair and see how important sex is to the marriage. Sex is the foundation of the marriage because in the marriage relationship, that's the only relationship I have sex in. I have lots of different relationships. I've got a relationship with my neighbor. I've got a relationship with my friends. I've got a relationship with the guy that delivers my mail. But the only relationship in which I have sex is in the container of my marriage. And so marriage is sexual. Now, as men, we are highly sexual beings because one of the things that men want actually is connection. They want depth. They want to be connected energetically with another human being and specifically the feminine most times. Now, if you're in a marriage and there is no sex going on, then I would say there's an infidelity happening. Now, she may not be having an affair per se, but an infidelity is there's a break in the fidelity of the relationship. And the fidelity of your relationship is bonded by the role of sex in the relationship. The second thing I would say about sexless marriages is if you're in a sexless marriage, it is not a monogamous relationship. And what I mean by that is monogamy in and of itself means sex. We're only having sex with one person. And so if you are in a relationship and marriage and you're not having sex, it's not a monogamous relationship. And that's something I think you really need to come to terms with 
is that if you're in a relationship that is non-sexual, it is not a monogamous relationship. It is a non-monogamous relationship. Okay, so why is sex such an important part? Why is it the foundation of a marriage? And the reason is because it's where we connect. Now, we are physical, emotional, spiritual beings, and I believe the place which we connect on all three of those areas at one time is in the area of sex. We're physical, emotional, and spiritual in that moment, and we're connecting on those three levels. This is also why when we're wounded in the area of sexuality, it affects us on all three of those levels. So if you've experienced or your partner's experienced some kind of a sexual trauma, some kind of sexual abuse, maybe even a sex crime that's been perpetrated against them, there is a break in the physical, emotional, spiritual psyche of you that needs to be attended to. It needs to be healed. It needs to have some therapy around that, some trauma therapy, these kind of things. It needs to have the physical, emotional, and spiritual part of you examined, healed, so that you can go on and be a fully integrated human being. From the standpoint of just the physical, one of the things that happens when we have sex is we have a hormone, a neurochemical released into our body called oxytocin. And oxytocin is that chemical that creates that connected feeling within us. At the high level of bonding, you know, when a mother is breastfeeding the child, there's a high amount of oxytocin being released. And so there's this love, there's this general feeling of connectedness and wanting to care for that thing. And the same thing is true when we have sex, and especially during orgasm. One of the biggest places that oxytocin is released is when we have orgasm. Now, here's a pro tip. If you really want to create connection, when you orgasm, keep eye contact. And the reason for this is because eye contact is also a way that oxytocin is released. It's how we feel connected with another human being. So if you're in the midst of sexual passion and orgasm and you create eye connection during that time, you're going to have a larger release of oxytocin and a larger release of feeling that connectedness with each other. It's super important that we have connectedness, that feeling of connectedness within the relationship because shit's going to happen. Life's going to happen. You're going to get, like I said, you're going to get busy. You're going to have kids. You're going to have a career. You're going to have fights. And if you don't have the foundation of which, where you have this connection with each other, it's going to be really easy for you guys to split apart. People talk about falling out of love. They don't really fall out of love as much as they lose the connection with the other person. And part of the reason they lose that connection is because they're not having sex. And if you want to have connection with your partner, then you need to be having sex regularly in a healthy environment in a way in which both of your needs are being met sexually. Now, if you are in a relationship, a marriage that is non-sexual, let me tell you this. It's your responsibility because you're either in a relationship with someone who is incapable of sexual connection because of maybe their trauma, their history, or something within them where sex has been fractured, or you're not doing your job to create the connection and the sexual energy in that relationship. So you have choices in this. You can either choose to stay in a sexless marriage. And if you make that choice, it's not right or wrong or anything like that, but just own that choice. 
Just own the choice that you're in a sexless marriage. And if you're okay with that, God bless you, go on. But if you're like most men, that's not okay. You want to be connected. You want to have sex and you want to have sex with your partner. And this is where the leadership aspect of it comes in, where we as men in the relationship need to lead in the area of sexuality. And one of the biggest ways we can do that is with our own sexual fidelity. So when you're in a marriage, it is a container in which you keep all of your sexual energy in. If you let it leak outside of that container, she is going to notice, she's going to feel that. So it's important that you keep all of your sexual energy within the container of the marriage. Now, this is a little bit of a chicken and egg situation in that if you have a container in which you hold your sexual fidelity with your partner, then it's going to be much easier for you to keep that container pristine and in alignment with your values. But if you're not having sex because you're not leading in the relationship, then it's going to be much easier for you to leak outside of that. Things like pornography or flirtations or emotional affairs or straight up affairs. Those things are going to start leaking into your own life because you haven't sealed up this container. So if you're not having sex, part of the reason you need to be having sex is so that it doesn't leak outside of this container. If you're having all of the sex and you're having the kind of sex that you really want and you're really being intimate and you can talk about your taboos and you can talk about the things that you want and you can talk about sex without feeling shameful, then it's going to be much, much easier to keep the containment of your sexual energy within that container. And this leads me to actually the first step in creating a sexually dynamic relationship is you truly have to get used to talking about sex. When I was married to my first wife years ago, it was a sexless marriage. And the reason it was sexless is because we both had a really difficult time talking about sex. Both of us came from very religious upbringings and sex wasn't talked about in our home in a healthy way. And most of the sex and the things that we had learned about sex were from our friends on the playground and those kind of things. And as a result of that, Sex was just naughty and something that we avoided talking about. In fact, it was embarrassing to talk about it. It was so awkward, in fact, that any time I would try to use a word like penis or something along those lines, my wife would get so uncomfortable that she would just shut down and not be able to talk about it. And as a result of that, I felt this huge amount of shame about being someone who had sexual desires. And a lot of this was due to, which I didn't understand or know at the time, her own sexual fractures that had happened to her because of her sexual abuse and she had been raped and she'd been abused. And I didn't know any of that when we first got married. And it wasn't until after we were married that I found out about these things. And they continued to haunt our relationship for almost 20 years. And for the vast majority of that 20 years, we had a very sexless relationship. Towards the end there, we were probably having sex maybe once a year, if that. And I got to tell you, it's no way to live. And the problem with that is then, because we didn't have a sexual relationship, my sexuality leaked outside of that relationship. And it also leaked outside of the relationship for her. And so we ended up divorcing as a result of the area of sex. And it was truly the reason that we divorced was her sexual preferences, 
along with my sexual needs. None of those were being met, and we ended up divorcing. Now let's contrast that story with my current marriage, which is highly sexual. And we've been married for 10 years together longer than that, but our sexual relationship, and while again, it's kind of waned and and slowed down, it has been and remains to be a foundational focus for both of us in the relationship. In fact, this last weekend, I was sitting there and I was um, caressing my wife's arm and she leans over and she whispered something naughty into my ear. I'm not going to tell you what it was because that'd be TMI, but it was something very sexual and it just, it sort of made me laugh because thinking of the contrast of my first marriage where we couldn't talk about sex to my marriage today where sex is something that we talk about, like going to the movies or some other thing that's just very, very normalized. And I got to tell you, the freedom in that keeps that sexual container pristine because why would I go out and have sex with somebody else when my wife is always available and she's highly sexual and she wants to please me in a sexual way and I want to please her in a sexual way. And that keeps this bond really tight and, like I said, contained in this monogamous relationship that we have. We have enough sex where I feel like I don't need to go anyplace else for that sex. And it's that chicken and egg thing again of by having a lot of sex and having good sex, quality sex, and being able to talk about sex in this relationship, it keeps me contained in the relationship. It keeps her contained in the relationship as well. And so we have this monogamous container where our sexuality our relationship, and we're connecting on those three levels of the physical, emotional, spiritual places within ourselves on a continuous basis. Now, the next thing you want to do besides being able to talk about sex is you need to get rid of sexual shame. A lot of us grew up with sex as being sort of taboo and shameful. And if you grew up in a family where there wasn't a lot of talk about sex in a healthy way, then you start to wonder, what is this thing? Why do I get aroused when the wind blows? You know, why do I uh, look at a girl or maybe a, a dude, you know, if that's your thing, and I get aroused? What is going on with me? And it's because we're sexual beings. And when we aren't able to talk about that, it would be like not talking about being right-handed or left-handed. It's just part of who we are. And so when we're ashamed and we're, we're told not to think about that, don't touch that, that's dirty, don't do that, that's dirty, the result is we start to feel like sex is something to be shameful about. And so we hide it. And I think, and it, it, I will go as far as to say that every guy who I've ever known who has a sexual addiction has deep sexual shame around their sexuality that happened early, early on in childhood. And so if you're not healing the sexual shame in your relationship, and this goes for your partner as well. So if you have shame and you have sexual shame, I highly recommend getting a therapist, a coach, a sex coach, somebody to help you guys work through the shame that's in your relationship. Because without that, it's just going to continue to grow like a cancer. And shame, I got to tell you, is toxic. It's deadly. I have lost clients over their shame, that they've been so shameful around their sexuality that they actually committed suicide. So you want to talk about and get rid of your sexual shame. It's so important. 
The third thing that I want to talk about as far as healing your sexual relationship and having more sex in your marriage is you've got to make sex a priority. Because like I said at the beginning, sex is the foundation of your marriage. And so if it's not a priority, then the foundation is going to start to crack. And if the foundation cracks, well, then everything else goes around it. The foundation of the union of marriage is based on sex. What is a union? It's a coming together. Union actually means sex. So if you're not creating union within your relationship, within your marriage, then the foundation is going to crack. And by making it a priority, in other words, you might have to schedule it sometimes. And people are like, oh my gosh, that's so unromantic. Listen, if something's important to you, you schedule it. If you have something in your life that you want to make a priority, you make time for it. It becomes important. It's a focus thing. And it can also be spontaneous. It doesn't always have to be scheduled. You want to have a balance of that. But I think that by making it a priority in your life, and scheduling it, there's nothing wrong with that. Also, make your environment inviting. So many people, their bedrooms are just a catch-all. It's where they throw all of their crap into their, their bedroom. And their bedroom is not a place that's conducive to relaxation, to sexual stimulation. Make your bedroom a safe haven. Decorate it. Put some nice things up. Nice smells, you know, those, 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 you know, fragrances, fragrances and candles and all that kind of stuff. Like do that, make that a priority, work with your partner and say, let's make our master bedroom just a bedroom that is the central place where we go and we have sex. And it's also a place where we feel really comfortable. It's where we can relax and be ourselves and be intimate. And here's a bonus tip. I wasn't even planning on talking about this. Is that if sex is something that is difficult for you and there's shame and there's um, even sexual dysfunction and those kind of things, make it a season in which you take sexual intercourse off the table. You still have sex, right? But if intercourse is the thing that kind of hangs you up for a season, just practice touching, caressing, getting naked and laying together in bed, experiencing each other's fullness. Don't just rush to the orgasm. Create an environment in which you guys are connecting in the area of your sexuality. And if that isn't a problem for you, then by all means have all the intercourse you want to have. Because <laughs> that again is one of the ways in which we feel connected. You're actually connected, physically connected with the other and that is what is going to create the monogamous relationship. And it's going to give you a great, wonderful marriage if you're having your sexual needs met and if your partner is having their sexual needs met. Anyway, I hope you found this helpful. If you are in a sexless marriage and you want some help, I invite you to go to my website, chuckchapman.com and, and uh, fill out the form there and we can, we can set up an appointment to talk about it. And I think I can help you probably move even closer and give you some ideas that are going to help you resolve the sexless marriage in your life. Okay, so that's what I got for you today. Again, if you liked it, subscribe, like, thumbs up, share it, all that good stuff. And I'll see you guys next time.